Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the end off the bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, the keeper of the peace, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross and Randy Jowers. And boys, tonight we got episode 15 titled Meatballs, Dingers, and Backdoor Sliders. The episode is titled this because we're going to be bringing on in a few minutes the two-time high school state champion and the starting third baseman for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Cameron James. But before we bring Cameron to the plate, guys, we got Major League Baseball starting up tomorrow. I've had some time to check out some of the exhibitions, and it's, it's nice to see some, some live action, but is it going to feel different tomorrow when games actually matter? And I'll, I'll throw that at you first, Jim. I don't think it'll feel too different. I mean, yes, opening day is usually a big deal. But, you know, early in the season, it doesn't typically fill up like it does later. So, I think early it won't it won't feel too much different. Yeah. Randy, what do you think, man? Is it going to feel different? I know the look is probably going to be the same, but I'm going for, like, I want to get some chills here. What do you think? I think we're going to get even more chills than normal, DB, because we're all starved for some sports, especially – America's pastime and the white ball and some baseball. Well, hopefully tonight uh, we'll be able to whet our appetites just a little bit for that big taste that we're going to get of that, that action tomorrow. So, uh, gentlemen, without further ado, let's welcome in our guest tonight, the starting third baseman for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Mr. Cameron James. Cameron, thank you for joining us tonight, man. How are we doing? Hi, I'm good. I appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah, brother. So I just want to get some info from you, um, had, getting the privilege of meeting you for the first time. And I know that you were a starting shortstop and a, a pitcher for DeSoto Central. You guys won two back-to-back state championships, and then you moved on to uh, Mississippi State where you play third base. Um, so how, how did you get into baseball? Was it a choice that you made was a, a choice that you were told you had to play. Cause I know like when you have brothers and sisters, like, like you do, like you kind of follow in the footsteps and you're told you have to do what they do and you just kind of get into it. So how, how did baseball start for you? Yeah. So I've been playing since I was so young. I actually don't even remember if I was told or if I wanted to, but I've just grown up in an athletic family all my Obviously, my brother, sister, my dad, mom, they all played sports. So I definitely think it was something I wanted to get into for sure. And they just – they do everything they can to um, let me do what I want um, on the baseball field or with any sports. I played football, basketball as well growing up. So it's probably something I wanted to do for sure. Another – see, we're, we're seeing a trend, guys. We're seeing dual <clears throat> sport athletes excel at one sport, which – it's unbelievable, Cameron. I'm located in Florida, and you, you get a lot of good athletes, but what you don't see is a lot of guys playing different sports. So it's, it's refreshing to hear a story about a, a really good elite athlete being able to play multiple sports as a kid growing up. Um, but tell me, were you always the best player on your teams growing up? Um, actually, I was not. So – um, growing up, I always played a year above me because that's where my age group was – or my friends and buddies were all in the age group above me. So I would always play with them. 
but I was I grew a little later than all my peers. So I don't think it was until my freshman, going from my freshman to my sophomore year of high school, I hit a major growth spurt, and I just filled into my body a little better. And that's when I felt like I really became an elite player. But I feel like I always had the tools. I was never a bad player, but I definitely wasn't the best on my team. Yeah, so let's talk about DeSoto Central, talk about some of those guys and talk about that team you play with. First of all, tell me what it was like to win back-to-back state championships. Oh, it was awesome because, you know, you do a lot of work in the fall, a lot of work uh, in the spring leading up to the season. And you always – Coach Monty would always tell us, you know, win the last game of the season. And I was just glad we were able to do that both years because that's what you play for. Nobody wants to lose. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know – I learned things from even Daniel as he hosts. I didn't even know about your sister, and I knew you had a, an athletic dad and brother. So tell me about the family. Tell me what it was like growing up with a with an athletic family like that and uh, having having your brother, you know, go before you and whatnot. Oh, I mean, it was, it was great because we all push each other. And then with my dad growing up in sports and being able to play football, you know, he played at Mississippi State. Um, so he was used to playing a sport at a high level. So it kind of – he was there to teach us and, you know, show us what it would take to get to that level. Um, and having my brother and my sister there being athletes as well, you know, we could push each other. And, and if we weren't able to get people to, you know, work out or hit or throw, you know, we had each other there to get better. All right. So you seem pretty humble, but I got to ask you, are you the best athlete in your family? Um. I'm the best. I'm the best athlete of the of the three kids for sure. Uh, oh, I love it. But but my dad, I don't know. He he was a he got offered to play football at Mississippi State, basketball at Ole Miss. He could have played baseball if he wanted to. So I don't know. He was a he was a pretty good athlete. I I think I got more of his genes than the other two. I hear you. Well, I didn't have any athletes in my family, which explains everything for me. So uh, feel feel blessed, my friend. Um, <laughs> So talking about talking about DC, uh, you know, obviously I met you through uh, some of your teammates, Cade Smith, Blaze Jordan, Dylan Hale. What was it like to play with guys like that with that much talent? Oh, it's great. I mean, we push each other. So if maybe maybe if um, one of us four was was slacking up, you know, we're there to push each other. You know, we hold each other accountable. And I mean, when you're surrounded with good players it's very hard for you not to become one yourself. So, I mean, if you, if you work hard with each other, then, then you're going to have a pretty good team. And I think we were very fortunate to have guys that not only had the talent, but the work ethic that us four had. And even everybody else on the team, you know, we, we had a really good team. So we just pushed each other to be better. Yeah, y'all definitely had a great squad. As someone who went to many games, I can actually speak to exactly the accuracy of what you're saying. I mean, there were definitely games where each of y'all stepped up and everyone did their part. And like you said, overall, great team. Um, talk about the best the best ticket in town, $6 to go watch amazing baseball players play. And then, Daniel, something that you'll love about these guys afterward, even after a big win, I would watch them take care of their responsibilities on taking care of their field, which uh, I think is a big deal because they have an amazing field. and. And so you like them taking pride in their stuff. Absolutely. So, so speaking, uh, sticking with the, the D.C. thing, man, you know, I look at that 2015 squad with your brother on it, with Keegan, Dallas, and Austin Riley. What was it like for you guys to have to follow up in their footsteps? 
Um, you know, they were arguably one of the best classes to ever come through Mississippi playing baseball. So, um, but for me, I know Dallas and Keegan and Austin and the rest of that class, a lot of them played together growing up. So I've, I've been around them since, you know, I remember watching baseball. I was watching them. And, you know, that's a really good group to grow up playing, uh, watching play. So I think they really set the, stand, uh, the standard at D.C. for, you know, what the culture was and how you come, how you come to play if you're going to be a Jaguar. And, you know, I think to be able to follow them and then us have success as well just kind of shows what they did for the program. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm actually from Memphis. And so, you know, moving to North Mississippi and then hearing about, you know, DeSoto Central and, the you know, standard and the reputation they hold and then starting to go to games and seeing that talent. I mean, yeah, what a, what a great school, what a great program, um, you know, to get to see all this talent. What would you say is your favorite moment from the whole time you were playing in high school? Definitely, I think that first dog pile because, you know, and I got to play against one of my best friends, Logan Tanner, who's a catcher at Mississippi State. Um, I played with him in summer ball and uh, for the first few years. So we would always we would always joke about who was going to win and who would beat each other. And I think um, that first dog pile at Trustmark, getting to feel what it was like to be a state champion, I think that was that was a really cool moment. Yeah, I figured I figured you'd probably go with the championship moment, which I was hoping so I could tell uh, my story. Let me let me paint the picture of where you know I took a lot of heat from Dylan Hale today. He FaceTimed me and he said, <laughs> "So what's up with you having Cameron on the podcast, but not me?" And I said, "Man, you know you're my boy. We're tight and all." But I was like, after that game against Tupelo, like Cameron was the man to me. And so let me paint the picture for anybody listening. This game starts against Tupelo, and all of a sudden, this monsoon just comes in. And Cam's taking the mound at that time. And I'm, like, thinking, is this game actually going to start? And it did. And you could tell, you know, Daniel, you were a pitcher. He can't – you could tell he doesn't have a good grip on the ball because he walks three of the first four batters. I mean, everything that could go wrong is going wrong for him. He doesn't lose his cool. He finishes out the inning. Then the sky opens up, the sun comes out, and this man just decides, I'm going to get everything back myself. I went back to confirm that I wasn't crazy in thinking this. Anyway, he was three for three with a walk. He had two home runs. He scored three runs himself, and they'd come back to win that game five to four. And to me, when somebody overcomes adversity and says, I'm going to make up for my own mistake, even though, you know, he unfortunately got dealt a bad hand and having to pitch in that kind of weather – that's the kind of guy that I want to root for. That's the kind of character I love. Somebody who's who's going to battle back and and not give up. And so, for me, that was my favorite moment just in D.C. history as far as I've watched. Like, I love it. Like, I tell Kate, I tell Dylan, y'all are my boys. But, hey, Cam, Cam got it for me. That was definitely a fun game, though, after the first inning. <laughs> yeah, after the first after the first inning, key thing. Like, I mean, let let me ask you this before I pass it over to Randy. What was your thought process really after after you got off the mound? Oh, uh, after that first inning. Yeah. Oh, I was just first of all, I was hoping the rain was going to quit, and I'm glad it did. <clears throat> and I was thinking, if if it doesn't, I can't throw anything but a fastball. It looks like these guys are just going to keep hitting and hitting and hitting. Because I couldn't have a – I did not – I had no feel for my curveball or my changeup. And I really felt like I was just giving them pitches right down the middle because 
I was just doing my best to not walk them. And then when I came out, it was just, you know, I knew it, I knew the team we were and uh, the pitcher I was that, you know, I didn't care if I gave up four. I mean, it's only the first inning and somebody, it's going to be hard for somebody to beat us through 70 if they score a lot in the first. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was, that was a great <laughs> game and a way to battle back. So, Cam, you, you know, I know you're at Mississippi State now, but going through, you know, playing at D.C., who recruited you coming out of high school? Um, are you talking about from Mississippi State or? No, no, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like, just in general. Who was it just Mississippi State? Was it, you know, I don't want to mention any other old Mississippi colleges, you know, rivals or nothing. Oh, um, no. Well, actually, my sophomore, the freshman summer, or no, the fret, my fall going into my sophomore year, <clears throat> I got – a call from Missouri. They wanted me to come down on a visit, which that never that never happened because the following weekend, Ole Miss offered me. Um, they sent me down on a visit. Coach Bianco um, sat me down in his office. He offered me a scholarship. And then two weeks after that, I went down for the Arkansas game at Mississippi State. And Coach Canazero offered me a scholarship. And growing up a Bulldog, I think it was it was just kind of – you know, the place I was going to be. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to was that I figured it was, it was always going to be Mississippi State with your, with your upbringing, I'm sure, right? Right. So, you know, we had, a, uh, we had John John Bolin on a couple weeks back, and he uh, obviously he's in the Royals organization. We kind of talked to him about a draft. So was there any talk of you possibly going in the draft, or was it always going to be college life for you? Um, you know, obviously I would have loved to be able to go in the draft, but I don't. I think it's good for me to be at Mississippi State and develop a little more and become a more polished player. I feel like in the long run it'll pay off. But, I mean, I had a I had a few teams reaching out to me, you know, talking to me. I sat down and talked with the Rangers. But um, I, don't, I don't think that was something that was ever supposed to happen out of high school for me. I think Mississippi State's right where I need to be, just becoming better. And I think it'll pay off here in the long run. Yeah, certainly no rush. And you get to live that college life. Nothing wrong with that at all. Right. Hey, a so, plan B at Duty Noble is, is not bad. Absolutely not. So, you know, Jim's always bragging on you <laughs> how all these these stud stories of pitching, but as I understand it in college, you're the starting third baseman, right? Right. So has that always been your position? Was that the position you're always no. going to be in college? Or where, what's um, your favorite position, though? My favorite position is shortstop, and that's where I, I played at, at DeSoto Central, as right. he said earlier. But um, I think third base, I knew going in my freshman year, that I was going to have a shot at third base because we had a first-rounder at second base, a first-rounder at shortstop. So, you know, it was one of those things where I knew if I wanted to be on that field as a freshman, then I better work at third base and, and get better there. And, you know, I think um, as the year went on, I, I got a little more comfortable after that fall, but I really plan on moving back to shortstop this year for the Bulldogs. Nice. Absolutely. That's we'll be watching and rooting for you. So it's a crazy time for all of us, you know, dealing with this uh, global pandemic and everything. So with there being the baseball getting canceled and everything, how are you handling that? Not just you. How are you and your teammates handling that emotionally? Well, obviously it was <clears throat> it was not fun that that uh, that got canceled because I feel like we had just gotten we had just gotten in a groove. You know, we had just swept Texas Tech. There was you no were in a groove, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, we were all doing really well. We had we had started to play better. Um, and Texas Tech was the number two team in the country. We we beat them two games in a row in Biloxi. And then as soon as we get home, 
it's like, boom, season canceled. So, you know, we were obviously upset about that, but I think we've all done a really good job to um, stay in shape, just keep doing what we can do. Um, you know, just control what we can control. That's really out of our, that's out of our control. So all we can do now is be prepared to be there this fall and then go play in the spring and be as good of a team as we can um, when it comes to next season. But when you're talking to the, your friends, I'm sure you got friends that play other places, right, even in the SEC. Do you, I mean, right. is it kind of like, listen, this was going to be our year. We were going to whoop y'all's ass. I mean, is that kind of how it goes? <clears throat> yeah, that every, everybody was going to be better than everybody else, you know. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Listen, man, I don't want to be the one to snitch on this, but we were talking about D.C., and our boy Daniel Ball was a uh, quite the stud back when, you know, we're old men compared to you, Cam, and he was a pitcher for Bolton, and he said he would put his squad, his 2001 Bolton High School, up against any of the D.C. squads. Man, I don't know. I don't. Maybe no, that's something I, y'all need to talk about next segment. I want to tell him to come on because uh, – <laughs> Not now. You've got, like, you got to have to put Ben Gay on their arms. we got a bunch of old men. and You know, we had to go back in time, Cam. No. I know. I'm saying if we could, if we could go back in time and take us, take, take our guys back to their guys. I'd love to play it because I mean I think we'd be a hard team to beat. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so you talked about you guys are staying in shape. What are you? Are you all you guys kind of working out together, kind of staying together, getting that teamwork going? Um, actually, we're not. We're not a well. The facilities at Mississippi State haven't been available to us, so everybody's you no. Know, so everybody's on their own doing stuff. Um, we keep in contact. Of course, through social media, stuff like that, text each other. We have group chats. But we haven't been able to work out together. I've only been around Logan Tanner and Landon Sims. Those are the only two guys that I've, uh, I've been around from Mississippi State um, since all this has started. So, you know, you, you talk a lot about baseball. What, what's the academic part look like? How, like – what are you majoring in? What, what's the plan academically? Are you doing online classes right now? Um, are you pushed back? Are they starting? Are you going in person? What's the, um, what's... Well, I am, my major is uh, business administration. So um, right whenever all this hit and we got sent back home, all of our classes got immediately transferred to online. Um, we finished those on time like we would have finished the normal uh, semester. But this summer, I haven't had any classes. Um, I've just been focusing on working out and doing my hitting and just my training. Um, but this this fall, I'm not sure what it's going to look like. Some of the classes are getting moved to online. Some are still face-to-face. So I think it's just there's a lot of adjustments that are going to have to be made, and I don't think anything is is for sure yet. So what's a, what's a typical day right now look like for you? Right now, I've been – I wake up, like today, I woke up this morning, went and um, went and hit for about an hour, an hour and a half-ish, and then that was at 10.30. I left from there, um, went and ate lunch, came back, got a lift in. Um, then after my lift, I threw, did some glove work, and then I headed out, and now I'm here. So, so, so when you say – you you hit how long are how long are you hitting for are you in um, the cages are you on the tees are you doing side toss or a combination of all of it are you getting any live pitching in well um this summer we're well, speaking of live pitching this summer on monday and thursdays i've been able to play in a league in meridian that was hosted by east coast Sox. um so i've been getting some live abs there but when it's in the cage or doing my work 
I just kind of have my own routine. I'll usually go tee work to front toss. And then if I can obviously get on a field, then I'll do um, just some just some live BP, try to see the ball fly a little bit. But today it was more it was more just get in there, get loose, find a rhythm. We hit off some velo machine today. Um, but it just it depends on how I feel. If I'm feeling good with my swing, I'll usually try to keep it short because I don't want to you know ruin a good round. Um, so if I'm if I'm feeling good and smooth, you know I'll, I'll walk out with you know a confidence in my swing of what I got done that day so yeah how, how how important is confidence I know it's it's really a key factor but for you is just staying confident um big or is if you have a bad day you know oh it's just it's just a bad day I'll shake it off I'll be back or do you really like look forward to just being in that groove and and forcing yourself to just find it um well for me, yes, confidence, you know, if you're not having confidence and you're going up and you're going in there, you know, with a mindset that you, you could be beat, then you're probably going to be beat. So, you know, you want to have confidence because baseball is already hard enough. So if you're, if you're telling yourself you're not going to do it, you probably won't. But, um, but as far as my, my rounds, I, I like, obviously I don't want to end the day on bad swings and feeling like I'm doing bad. Um, even even saying, you know, tomorrow's a new day, I'll come back. So usually I'll try to find a groove. And if I've been struggling a little bit, then I'll just take a I'll take a little break, come back in the cage, try to just literally just have a good feel good round for even if it's two swings, if it's ten swings, find some barrels and uh just and then just walk out and then you can focus on the next day coming in there and being a little more consistent. Yeah, I mean, just there's there's a lot to be said about being consistent, but there's also a lot to be said about um, finding it, ending on a good note, because the worst thing that can happen is going in there, taking a thousand cuts, but yeah, yeah I, bad cuts, you know? Right. I, I think, like, you know, there's a whole lot of people that just want to swing, 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 you know, a thousand swings a day, you know, is, is better. See, I think if you're taking a say you take a thousand swings a day and they're all, you know, they're not, they're not good swings. Then I could go in there and take a hundred good swings. And I feel like I get better than that guy that took a thousand. So, um, you know, there, it is important to, you know, get, get your good swings off, feel good about it and be done with that because you can definitely turn a good round into a bad round with, by trying to do too much. So I do think there is such thing as, as doing a little too much. Yeah, I try to tell Jim that all the time when he goes into the gym and starts bench pressing and does a thousand reps. I'm just like, man, you, I could do the same thing in thirty reps. Hey, but he looks like he's a little bigger. He, he is. He's a little bigger, but that bigger don't mean stronger. So let's hey, you're right. You're right. You're that right. way. Yeah. So, but uh. You know, it's 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 been good stuff, man. We're gonna we're, we're gonna do a segment that we like to do with all of our guests, just to wrap wrap things up. It's a little lighthearted, little little fun. It's a little game. Uh, it's called this or that. You you willing to play with us? Let's go. All right. So this or that. There's only, it's very simple. I give you two options. You pick one. It's very thoughtless. The only rule is that you can't. You have to choose one or the other. You can't say neither, and you can't say both. All right. All right, here we go. Rawlings or Wilson? Wilson. Wood or aluminum? 
would superstitions or none superstitions good answer shortstop or third base shortstop would you rather hit bombs and strike out a lot or be a singles guy and get on base a lot hit bombs strike out a lot (laughs) (laughs) peanuts or cracker jacks uh peanuts who was better desoto central before you or with Talk about that two state titles with me. All right. Would you rather go back in the past or fast forward to the future? Fast forward to the future. Change up or slider? Slider. Who would win in a fight? Chris Lamonis or Mike Bianco? (laughs) Chris Lamonis. (laughs) That's that's the right answer. Yeah. That's the only answer. Yeah. That's the only (laughs) answer. Uh, Who's a better player, Cameron James or Keegan James? Cameron James. That's, uh, I wouldn't expect anybody to, to answer that any other way. All right, man, you're off the hot seat. Is there anything you want to plug or promote, anything that um, you need us to to discuss or, or anything you feel passionate about? Um, no, I mean, I feel good. I just appreciate y'all bringing me on and talking to me a little bit. Yeah. Hey, man, we wish we wish you the best of luck, man. I'm looking forward. I know that there was a last year not having the spring season is, is kind of a damper. And I know that you guys probably had your sights set really high, but. But before we end tonight's episode, we like to do a segment called Around the Horn. And basically, we tell the audience one thing we feel they need to know before we go. It could be anything as far as politics to humanitarian work to sports to headlines to what's trending on Twitter. So I'll start with you, Cameron. What's one thing the audience needs to know before you go? Mm, um. I guess uh, just with all this going on, do everything you can to stay safe, stay healthy, and do your part in uh, getting all this cleared up. Absolutely. Yeah, so, Randy, what's one thing the audience needs to know before you go? Uh, so, two things. One thing's real short. Tomorrow is my youngest daughter, Stella. It is her fifth birthday, so shout out to Stella. Uh, she's gonna be five tomorrow is also used to be my birthday and uh it is no longer my birthday so but here's the thing i'm glad that cameron talked about business admin i want to talk about something real quick like so i was looking on uh you know i'm a financial guy i love to talk finance so we were talking about stock gains kind of before you came on cam and five stocks that have gone up exponentially since this pandemic started zoom as we're on tonight 262 percent Tesla, 259%. DocuSign, 165. Teladoc, 160. Shopify, 144. So four of those five things are telecommunications. The one thing that stands out is Tesla. They are the highest valued car company in the world right now. You can The top two volume car makers, Toyota and Volkswagen, you can throw Ford into that too, and Tesla is worth all, more than all three of those combined. They have a $290 billion market value, and it's quadrupled since March. Quadrupled, fellas. 
So Elon Musk, shout out to him as his incentive is completely tied to market share. And he is getting now, he qualified Monday for a $2 billion payout from the stock. So shout out to Elon Musk, SpaceX, Tesla. I got to get me the truck. Oh, come on, man. I'm getting the truck, bro. Hi, Jim. What's one thing the audience needs to know before you go? You know, usually I do a headline, but I think, you know, with having Cam on here, just talking about Mississippi State University, you know, Kate Smith's going to be going there. My favorite neighbor, Jared Cook, played football there. My nephew just graduated from there. Justin Stovall, he's going to be teaching at Horn Lake. My niece is getting her master's there this year, Miranda. And so between all the people I know that go there, have graduated there, that are just such good people, their sports facilities, I even use their VA facility. Um, you know, just really want to talk about the greatness of Mississippi State University, especially being an LSU fan. But, you know, they are good at sports, but it's easy when I go to Mississippi State to know who's got it better because the facilities down at Louisiana State are not very good. So uh, anybody who's thinking about possibly going to Mississippi State, definitely consider it because it is a really great school. So for me, uh, one thing I think the audience needs to know before I go um, – Randy, I just want to tell you happy birthday, man. Were you born during the day or at night? At night. Oh, speaking of at night, shout out to Miss Knight. Shout out, Miss Knight. That's our kindergarten teacher, Cameron. Randy and I were, were friends since kindergarten. So just, just we, uh, we are who we are because of, because of her. So once again, shout out to Miss Knight. But my one thing is Arterio Morris. Headed to the Tigers, 2022 five-star player. Um, last time we had a big-time five-star player, a guy by the name of Derrick Rose, and I think we all know what, know what happened uh, when, when he signed. So uh, big things, looking forward to the Tigers. Um, big things with Cameron, looking forward to seeing you out there on the Diamond Man. That was great time tonight, great insight. I want to thank Cameron James for joining us. Hopefully you'll join us again in the future, and we'll get to – see you with that uh national championship ring brother yeah for sure and i got one more speaking of the tigers and the mlb one thing that they need to know is austin my cousin uh opening day starter at third base so that should be cool everybody needs to watch him play is his uh hold on that's your cousin yeah what Whoa. the hell? Hey, I mean, Daniel. y'all got all the damn family. I mean, I ain't got – look, I could, didn't even make my high school team, and you got cousins and brothers and sisters and shit. Yo, Daniel, we're going to have to get on you on the research. When you hit, hit us up with the family, I don't see nothing about Austin being his cousin. Because I don't want to take the shine off camera. <laughs> Shout out, Austin Riley. Yes. Opening day started. Let's go. All right, Also, two bombs today. Good for him. Wow. Big wow. fan. I actually worked with a guy who's uh, Austin Riley and his son are real tight. Like he got to go down and, and when they when Austin got called up last year, he went to all the games and stuff. So I've been following real close. Shout out to Austin for sure. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up, man. If if you're out there and you're you like average Joe's talking X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback is always welcome. We'll see you next week for episode 16 where we're going to be discussing all things wrestling from WWE to AEW. So be sure to tune in. And until next time, this has been In Off the Bench Podcast. As always, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.